We just appreciate that so much, God. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming today and blessing us with your presence here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the Lord is good. I tell you, Byron mentioned that some people here may need to get free this morning. Isn't that what you said, Byron? And you, want, you know, here's one way you can get free being thankful. There is power in a thankful heart. Do you realize that? Okay, now we just celebrated this holiday. But as the holiday came and went, I wonder how many of us stopped to think how powerful the concept of thanksgiving is in our lives. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a powerful force. Um, look at, let's look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. It's a really great scripture here. Some incredible words that Paul had. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You know how you remember that? Gentiles eat pork chops. Yeah, anyway, okay. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. Everybody say overflowing. 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 Okay, this might seem silly. Oh. Silly, let me give you this little illustration. This glass represents your heart, my heart, our hearts. This water represents the, the Holy Spirit, the thanksgiving. So you just want that thing to overflow. Just overflow, Lord. Overflow, God. Overflow, Lord. Okay, so it's just water. Overflow, God. Overflow our cup this morning. Holy Spirit, just pour out with thanksgiving in our hearts. Lord, let us never be the same, God. Let us always be thankful for what You've done. Lord, to remember all the things that You've done in our lives. The deliverances, Lord. The salvations, Lord. The setting us free. Liberating us from darkness, God. We just give You thanksgiving this morning. We bless You today, Lord God. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Lord, help me. i got so much in my heart this morning. I just, Lord, want You to help me to get it out. <laughs> just help me to get it out this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I came across this thing as I was thinking about Thanksgiving. You know, we always think about the pilgrims and the Indians. And actually, really the first Thanksgiving in this, on this continent was uh, about 11 years before that. Um, it didn't occur in 1621 or 1620 when a group of pilgrims shared a feast with a group of friendly Indians. The first recorded Thanksgiving took place in Virginia more than 11 years earlier, and it wasn't a feast. The winter of 1610 at Jamestown had reduced a group of 409 settlers to, anybody want to guess how many? One winter. Down to 60. I think I heard somebody say that. That's right. 409 down to 60. The survivors prayed for help. Lord, help! We're dying here in the wilderness, God. 
without knowing when or how it might come, when help arrived, it was in the form of a ship filled with food and supplies from England. So a prayer meeting was held to give thanks to God. Think that was a quiet prayer meeting? Well, almost Heavenly Father, we thank you. <laughs> I don't think so. I might be wrong, but I think they were probably getting a little loud in there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they were dying. The people were dying. And they gave thanks to God because a ship showed up out of nowhere. They weren't expecting it. You know, and here it was, the provision that they need. You remember that wagon train that Chuck prophesied? It's here. Your ship has come in. Your ship has come in. In a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about the history of this church. Okay? This church dwindled down to just a couple families. Okay, so like the Jamestown Colony, this church was just a small, very, very, very small little home group. Okay? And there was a meeting held to decide whether to close the doors of this church or not. I think this was about 15 years ago or so. And obviously you know what the outcome was. They didn't close the doors. Aren't we thankful for that this morning? Because we would not be sitting here this morning in this building had it not been for the provision arriving. For the provision arriving. We thank you for that. Another little story from from history. John Winthrop in 1630, about a decade after the Pilgrims, he was sent to be the governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony up there in New England. And the Lord gave him a vision for what he was sent to do. And without going to to all the lengthy um, quote from him, basically his vision was this, Lord... I believe that you have sent us here and established us here by your grace and mercy. And I believe that people are going to one day look and say, look at this New England colony. It's as a city on a hill. This is a city upon a hill. Remember, Dean read that scripture from Matthew chapter 9 last week. And when Jesus said, let your light shine. And it speaks of a city on a hill that can't be hidden. You remember that? A city on a hill. So these are just a few things, you know, from our nation's history. I mean, you could go, the list is just a mile long of all the incredible things that providence, that providence has done, being God's hand throughout our nation's history. But in all those great things to remember and think back on, we also need to remember and be thankful for this church body and where we've been, and where we are today, and where we're going. Amen? There's a lot of tremendous stories, testimonies of the Lord's faithfulness to us, and I want you guys to be able to share in that. Um, as a, I asked Chuck and Janet and the Crowleys to come up. You guys just go ahead and come up here. Uh, and I want to look at this verse here as they're coming. This is in the book of Deuteronomy. To set the stage for this, this is at the end of Moses' life. Okay, Moses is on his deathbed. And if you're familiar with his, the song of Moses, he's singing this, basically. I'm not going to attempt to do that, but he's singing this. And this is just a verse, a little part of what he says. He pleads with these people. Remember, okay, what's happened to them? They have been delivered from slavery, correct? They have wandered in the desert for how long? Forty long, stinking years waiting for eventually to get to this place. And, you know, because of their sin, they're not able to enter in in that generation, including Moses. And here's part of his recommendation. He says, remember the days of old. That's hard to do, isn't it? Remember the days of old. 
Consider the generations long past. Past. Ask your Father and He will tell you. Your elders and they will explain it to you. Okay? Now, as Nate was up here, I was thinking about, you know, you're blessed to be here. You know, I'm sure you recognize that, but you're blessed to have um, spiritual fathers that desire to speak into your life, you know, on Monday night and on, on an ongoing occasion, as I'm sure you have that earthly father to do that. But for all of us, that's something to keep in mind. Remember that psalm this morning, a thankful heart prepares the way for what? For you, my God. A thankful heart prepares the way for you, my God. So I just asked these guys to share for a few minutes about Tom's past. In 1980, uh, the Lord called uh, Robin McMillan, who uh, is the pastor of Morningstar now. Is, is he the head pastor? And uh, myself and Janet and uh, Donna up here to Mooresville to start a new work. And he called uh, Byron, Becky, and Jim, and Kathy <coughs> to go to Rockingham and Donna McMillan, uh, Donna Culler. And uh, it took three years for our vision and I guess their vision. I don't know how long it took for y'all's to die. <laughs> yeah, was it? Um, and when they sent us out, they really didn't know how to send us out. And we hope that we've learned our lessons better about sending people out. And um, um, so when we first started coming here after the vision died and Robin went back to Charlotte, um, we started coming here after a few other churches had kicked us out. <laughs> you think I'm joking, but I'm not. Um, um, we got we got thrown out. Well, let's just forget about that part. <laughs> we wasn't that wild. I promise you we weren't. Um, but um, the Lord assembled a group of people. And I mean, this is how uh, numb I was there for after a little bit. The Lord gave me a prophecy, not me, but Tom uh, Bailey said, he, he pointed his finger at me. He said, there will be a functioning body of Christ in Mooresville. And you just don't realize how hard that was to believe. In my heart, I said, yeah, right. I, I'm serious. And uh, this church went through a death. And uh, when was it, Neil? It was when we were still on 21, 87, 89. Five, well, we had about this many people here meeting with us, about 140, 125 maybe. And all of a sudden, bloom, it was over. And five families were still meeting. And we had a meeting one night whether to end it or not because we had a rent of $1,000 a month plus other expenses and we just were you know meeting to see if you know did we really want to keep this dead horse going or what and God said don't stop and so out of the obedience of us five it was like uh, uh, Ezekiel 
being in the valley of the the bones, God's saying, what do you see? I see dead bones. Well, just keep going. doesn't matter. And uh, so um, this is a result of God speaking life into a situation that was totally dead. And and we didn't know whether we had faith to go on or not. We were just being obedient. We sat down. There was no super word. What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? It's sort of like trying to go out to eat after, you know. Where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go eat? Um, That's the drill we went through. And finally, we just decided to stay. And and God sent Doug and Ann and Ron and his family, Tommy and Libby. I could go through uh, the whole list of y'all. And God sent you. And, and this is a result of an assembling of God's hand-picked people. You know... Um, you may not believe that, and that's okay. Listen, when God told me to keep going, I didn't believe it either. You know, when God said there would be an, a functioning body of Christ in Morsel, you know, thank God it wasn't up to whether I believed it or not, because He didn't. You know, He sent me up here to start a new work, and then He was trying to encourage me the new work was going to happen. But there had to be a death in us. So we wouldn't control it, and I and I, that's one thing I wanted to, to thank God about the leadership of Byron and Becky, and Matthew and Sarah Ruth, and Dean, and Doug, and John. Is the Lord has put in place leaders that won't control the church. Okay, now they'll encourage the fool out of you, but they won't, and they won't control you. Um, they'll even sit down with you and love you when you're messed up. You understand what I'm saying here? There's some churches that would just soon you go away when you're in that state, but this church, I can say will love you through your hard times and your rough times and stick it out with you. Um, and that's a sign of maturity um, because if you look at the, at the leadership in this church, most of them have a limp. They really do. You know, don't they, Dean? We've lost. Whew. When Jacob <coughs> wrestled with God and said, I won't let go until you bless me. And his blessing was a limp. God took away his hard heart, took away his conniving heart, and named him Israel. And uh, that's a blessing. 
that most of the elders that even Neil and myself and Fran limp. Sometimes we even drag our leg a little bit. Um, uh, but I promise you, you can trust what God has set in place here, and it won't hurt you. It won't even, it may offend you, but it won't hurt you. And most of the time, it's God offending you, not them. Just indulge me a minute. <laughs> but really, this is, come here, just want to stand here. Noah. Um, I just want to say that um, about, um, this is just a few of them. There, there's some scattered all over the church now, but if, um, when my children were young, we went to the beach one summer, and, and I was um, saying, you know, just praying to the Lord and saying, Lord, you know, it just feels like I'm so occupied with taking care of these kids, with doing this and that and the other, and I just don't feel like I can do anything for you right now. And the Lord spoke to me and said, um, you're raising up a mighty army, <laughs> you know. And, you know, it just really touched me and really encouraged me, just for an encouragement to you mothers, you know, you ones that are so busy right now. Come here, Gabe. <laughs> Um, that he said that to me and I just want you to look at all these different <laughs> how different these children are you know um, and, and imagine all the differences that there are in their hearts and in their hearts toward the Lord and um, this I think is something that's so important about the church is that if we're going to be able to praise his name one generation praise his name to another we have to be a river, you know. We can't be stuck in the mud. We can't be um, afraid to do to walk right out on the edge with God, you know. And that's something that I appreciate about this church because naturally I'm a rock and I don't like to change. But in this church, you know, because of our leadership, because of Byron and Becky, um, you know, and others whose hearts are wild, for God, you know, that's awesome. That's such a gift. You know, it's such a gift to be with people who have been through those things like Chuck was saying. You know, who've had times, hard times, but their hearts are still wild for God. Because if we're going to be able for one generation to praise His name to another, we have to be able to see what the Lord wants for these. You know, what's in the Lord's heart for these. You know, and not just be stuck in something that's comfortable for us. And although I've not always been comfortable, I've always felt like our church was really healthy. And that's awesome. You know, a healthy church in the Lord. And I've really known that Byron and Becky were out for Him. You know, that's an awesome thing. That's the thing that I'm so thankful for. You know, because in my heart is for this mighty army you know, to march for the Lord. First of all, thank you for uh, your prayers. Uh, Drew got to come home last Sunday, which was a day earlier than the physician expected again. And uh, 
he's well. He'll, he'll be here second service. If he doesn't oversleep, he's hanging out with Arthur and Asha tonight and Allison. So or last night they should be here. Um, Sue and I got this request, and we were just we were just kind of talking about how we've seen God move here continually, and how um, Byron, you know, he, I wanted to call him Saran, but that sounds too. Uh, Arabic, so we'll, we'll go with glad, glad rap. You know, you can see right through him. He just, he just, uh, he doesn't cover anything up, or if he does, you can still see through it. So, we're very appreciative of that. Um, now, if I can remember what we talked about, can you remember what we talked about? We talked about basically. Yeah, I may not get him in order, but how God um, gave Byron. Well, we had some some tremendous training here. We we came in '99, so. Uh, since then, we've we've had a lot of neat experiences. CSM was something that started since then and is still continuing. And then we had the leadership training for for people that were were, were not in CSM. And uh, the prophetic ministry training, we did that, and we did the healing training, the Randy Clark training. And in amongst that, um, Byron got a a big uh, load of grace dumped on him and revelation on that, and. Uh, shared that with us for a long time and and all this stuff we learned you know the tip the, the application is what do you do with it you don't just learn it you, you got to go empty yourself so you can get some more and so um we've continually been trained in that or taught in that and then after the grace revelation was the the kingdom of heaven revelation and that was i think last year and and now the fanatic in the attic is continuing on and and we're all enjoying that um, I didn't know what the topic was going to be. I mean, you told us to say what we're thankful for, but interestingly, uh, <clears throat> I send this email out to my customers. Uh, try to do it at least once a month because I can't be in all 65 locations on a very regular basis. So I made up my name as Virtual John. So I assigned stuff Virtual John, and then they they know I exist, but I'm just not there. And um, last Sunday night. I was up in uh, in a hotel in Kingsport, and just letting everybody know that Drew is fine. And so I told him I was changing my name from Virtual John to Thankful John, and they can call me TJ if they want to. <laughs> and uh, so I got out of the car about 7:30 in one of them's parking lot, a customer's parking lot, and the guy's out there getting stuff out of his truck. He stood up and he said, "Good morning, TJ." And I just about collapsed in the parking lot with thankfulness. It was it was tremendous. So. I'll try to respond if you call me that. Well, <clears throat> I'll just say that we're just really thankful for this church that oh, people are real here. And um, we're thankful. We know that, you know, one of Byron and Becky's biggest um, desires is for people to really get enter into the presence of the Lord and and that's so much of a motivation behind the leadership and what happens within the church is for people to really be in communion with the Lord. And um, we're just really thankful. And one thing I've noticed, said recently, is kind of neat. You know how an evangelist can come to a church and be all excited and pumped up and hoo-ha, and then they leave and it's back to normal living. But um, just what's the Lord's been doing in Byron's life now. He's like an excited evangelist. He doesn't calm down and quit, you know. It's just really neat. And that just is, you know, showing what God's doing. 
and that's really um, really exciting. Oh, oh, well, just because being a pastor, you know, you you see the good things, but they hear so many bad things and troubles, and you know, so it's hard to be positive. But he's so excited about what God's doing right now; it's really neat. So anyway, we're just really thankful for Amen. everything. Thanks, guys, for sharing. So, um, you know, Chuck and and Neil Linker back there, and Tommy McCraw and Fran McCarran. They were our elders for uh, quite a long time, I guess. And uh, so Chuck and Don Casperson are still semi on board as advisors to the current elders. And so those elders are um, Doug, and Doug Murdoch and uh, Dean Stein and, of course, John. So uh, I just wanted to recognize them. So, you know, everybody kind of knows um, who the, the leaders are and that kind of thing. And you know, as, peop- as you guys were up here talking, I thought, boy, it kind of sounds like a commercial for the church or something. But that's really not the intention. The intention is this. At various times throughout the Bible, the leaders of the nation of Israel would get the people together and say, all right, guys, let's go over this one more time, basically. You know, we were slaves. God delivered us. So stop your griping. You know, I mean, that was a long story short. And, you know, they would rehash the whole history. And so the Lord just put in my heart to have this day of remembrance on this Thanksgiving weekend. And, and so that's the thing. Now, one last thing to close with is I wanted to look at the story of this guy in, in Jesus' day who was a really thankful guy. And I think there's a really big key here. And, and Chuck kind of touched on it. We've heard a lot about it. And uh, that's in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Luke 17, 11. And it says this, Now on His way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Gosh, I've noticed how many Samaritan stories there are. In the New Testament, you know, there's an awful lot of them. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And he talked about Naaman last week and being the leper. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And, uh, you know, why did only one leper return to thank Jesus and the other nine chose not to? Uh, Here maybe are some suggestions for the other nine. One waited to see if the cure was real. One waited to see if it would last. One said he would see Jesus later and tell him then. One decided that he had never really had leprosy. Must have been something else. One said he would have gotten well anyways. One gave the glory to the priest. One said, oh well, Jesus didn't really do anything. 
One said, any, any rabbi could have done that. And the other, I was already much improved. Does that sound like the feller in the cellar? <laughs> the point being, when God is doing these things in our midst, we need to stop, take time, and give Him honor and praise. Thank You, God, for delivering Drew Crowley from death, Lord. Thank You, Lord God. Thank You, God. So what did it take for the leper? It took this. This looks familiar. Thank You, Jesus! Thank You, Jesus! Thank You, Lord, for healing my leprosy. He had to get down in the dirt. He had to get low at Jesus' feet and thank Him from a sincere heart. Thankfulness is not lip service. Thankfulness is a heart attitude. You know, the attitude of gratitude. That's what true thankfulness is. Now here's the hard part. Thanking God in your trials. Thanking God in your tests. Thanking God in your temptations. How many of you can look back on a severe trial that at the moment seemed unbearable, but today you thank God for it? Thank you, God, for putting me through that because I see now the greater good that you had in mind for my life. I see that. And uh, that's, you know, in... Uh, stick that next, next verse up there. First Thessalonians or... James, try that James 1, 2 through 4. I think that's it. I'm sorry. Consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So what's he saying here? Be thankful. Consider it joy when I'm tested and tried and put through the ringer. Yes, even then. Even then. So as we, um, you know, as we're giving thanks here this morning and taking communion, I think it's an appropriate way to just continue to thank God for what He's done and uh, just keep our hearts broken before Him in a position of humility because humility is what it takes to truly be thankful. I mean... Um, it's recognizing, here it is, it's recognizing that there's someone greater than yourself that's to get the credit for your blessings, for your provision. You know, and that's hard to do for a lot of people. They want to say, me. In fact, has, does our culture even remember Thanksgiving that much anymore? The week of Thanksgiving... I'm not down on Starbucks, but I went in Starbucks the week of Thanksgiving and all there was no Thanksgiving stuff. It was all Christmas. And I said to the lady, I was like, well, this is great, but where happened to Thanksgiving? Oh, we started that back in August with the pumpkin lattes and you know, now Halloween's over. And I'm like, dear God, Thanksgiving's one of the greatest holidays that we could ever celebrate, giving thanks to God, you know. So... Let's just stand up. Father, we thank You, God, for Your great love. God, I thank You that You have a heart to deliver us, God, to set us free, God. 
I pray, Father, that the, the oppressed in this room this morning would receive freedom today. Lord, I pray that You would give us ears to hear, eyes to see. Ears to hear, eyes to see, Lord. Ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, open, open our eyes, God, to see even the things that we've forgotten to be thankful for. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. If we could just have our prayer prayers up here, our prayer team, come on up. And, you know, if you want the Lord to touch you this morning, to continue to touch you this morning, just, I just invite you to respond to God. If you need physical healing this morning, I know that God wants to do that. Give you one more thing to be thankful for today. You know, so respond to the Lord and everybody come up and just re- let's just receive communion and prepare our hearts before God and just give Him the thanks for all that He's done, His wonderful bounty in our lives. Amen.